What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Welcome in. It's the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Patrick Allen and Matt Verderam here to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. It is Thanksgiving Day. I'll go ahead and just be upfront with you. It is not for us. We're recording this on Monday. So if we say some things that change a little bit, um, you, you understand why. But happy Thanksgiving. We're going to release this on Thanksgiving. We're going to do a premiere on YouTube. We're sorry that we couldn't be there with you live like we always are. We thought about doing a Wednesday show and we saw that ah, the hell with it. You know, like let's lay something down and let's leave the content on its regularly scheduled day. I know uh, a lot of you are going to be with family and stuff today. Uh, but, you know, I, I understand how that can be. And I'm sure that maybe some of you would like to sneak away for a little bit. Watch a little little Chiefs talk once uh, once your crazy uncle starts talking politics. How are you doing, Verderam? Uh I'm good. I'm good. I, uh, I am looking forward to Thanksgiving. So I hope everybody out there has a has a great holiday. Uh, certainly there are times where you, you do try to sneak away uh, from from family, although I'll be with my wife's family, which means, uh, you know, very Midwestern values. It's going to be very nice and cordial and everybody's going to be happy and everybody's going to say nice things to each other. It's a little different than the, you know, the holidays I grew up with, which, uh, you know, a <laughs> little, little bit louder, but um, yeah. it'll be good. It'll be good. Uh, are you doing anything special for it? Yeah, man, we're driving to Ohio uh, to see my family from Chicago. We're going to leave on Wednesday. You know, I have not been home for Thanksgiving since I was in college. So I'm 39. Wow. Uh, and the reason for that is, as you know, we lived in New York City for over a decade. And, you know, I would go home for Christmas and it was just, you know what, it's like how expensive it is in New York. And it just didn't make sense to spend the money to go home, fly home on Thanksgiving, and then turn around and do it again on Christmas. So usually just deferred to, to Christmas and went home for a week. So I just haven't been back. And then we moved to Chicago and Mag's family's here. So we do Thanksgiving here and go to... So I'm really excited. I haven't had my mom's famous stuffing and all that great stuff uh, that 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 I grew up eating in in a long time. So I'm really looking forward to it. Well, I'll tell you what, that sounds great, by the way, and I hope you guys have a great holiday. Um, I, I I do a on Twitter. I have a uh, super followers thing, and so I, I do like a weekly chat with with uh, those those guys and gals. And one of them the other day asked me. Like my most underrated and overrated food dish for Thanksgiving. And he was like, my, uh, my most underrated is you know, homemade mac and cheese. And people talk about this all the time. In my family, we've never once had mac and cheese for Thanksgiving. Yeah, no. And I decided, like, I'm making it for Thanksgiving this year. I don't care. If nobody else is going to step up to the plate, <laughs> then I'm going to. Because I'm sick and tired of being, like, looking for side dishes. And it's like, oh, there's stuffings with cranberry in it. I'm like, I don't want stuffing with cranberry in it. Yeah. So – I know we're going to get to that more at the end of the show. Our, our food takes on Thanksgiving, but I'm just tossing that out there. That I'm, I'm going to try to make it into a spectacle of, uh, of just a, a vat of mac and cheese. I love it. You know, I didn't know people did mac and cheese either on Thanksgiving because we never did. No, and boy, what a no-brainer! And I maybe when I get home, I'm going to have words with my parents about. You know, I feel like uh, they were holding out on me. There's a little bit of child abuse going on there. That's right. The story, this, when you get to the house, the story is suitcase right through the window. <laughs> this is for having mac and cheese when I was eight. Yeah. You know? I fill the suitcase up with, with boxes of Kraft mac and cheese. 
Just wail it in there. <laughs> wail yeah, it in there. Yeah. Not, well, we used to have a coworker, uh, Shay, who she said, like, her family, they'd get Chinese food. Yeah. All these different things. And I was like, man, my family always had some dry ass turkey. Right. It, it's, it's always what we had. It was like, just pour more gravy on it. <laughs> yeah. You got to get that. You got to get that dark meat. The white meat dries yeah. out quick if it's not, you know, you got to. Yeah. Um, listen, everybody, we hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. You know, you and I talk about this, I think, every year. When I think about Thanksgiving, I think about going over to my grandparents' house, sitting yep. in the living room while they're cooking, watching John Madden and Pat Summerall, NFL football. Like, I, I, I can't – football has to be on wherever I am for Thanksgiving. And it's not the same without, without John and Pat. But, boy, that, that's what I grew up watching. I miss it. I'm with you. I, you know, I, I always, I, there's never been Thanksgiving happens since I don't watch football. So I, yeah. you know, it's funny, like in the nineties, it felt so great because you had Barry Sanders and you had the Cowboys, right? Like you yeah. always had those two teams with those guys. And then the Lions are like, watch this, Joey Harrington. <laughs> and it's just, it has not been the same since, although, you know, at least the Lions now they're at three game win streak. It'll be kind of fun to sit down. The, the, the Cowboys and the Giants, okay. Then you have, now you have the Thursday night game, the Thanksgiving night game, which the Chiefs actually were the inaugural version of that when they played the Broncos like 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, I will say I'm always glad that when the Chiefs don't play on Thanksgiving. Like, and there's obviously only a handful of years you really have the opportunity to anyway, but I just want to enjoy my holiday. Like yeah. I knew, I looked at the schedule this year. I always, I'm a big schedule nerd. Which I know you know this, but I, I look ahead and I'm always like, all right, like when does Christmas fall? And I looked and I knew Christmas was on a Sunday. So I'm like, all right, that means the games will be on a Saturday, but that also means they're going to roll out like a double or a triple header. Yeah. I was so relieved when the Chiefs didn't play on Christmas. Yep. Like, I just want to enjoy Christmas. I don't want to have to sit there. Like they play, like, what was it? Uh, 2016, they played Denver. Now they yeah. beat the piss out of him. So it actually yeah. turned out to be a great game. But like, man, I don't want to, I don't want to do this on Christmas. Just let me relax and be. And I, you know, so I like watching other teams. I don't want to watch my team. Uh, as we start to talk Chiefs here, uh, I got to let you know that this podcast is brought to you by the Kansas City Beer Company, Casey Beer Co., largest locally owned brewery in Kansas City, and the only brewery to focus on German beer styles in Kansas City. Um, we were we were throwing them back last night. Again, we're recording this on Monday, so we were up late, uh, euphoric, after the Chiefs-Chargers game, and I, I drank two during the show. Just went to town, had another one after, and now I'm out. So thank goodness we're coming to Kansas City pretty soon. They're an award-winning brewery. They've got a terrific lineup of brews, so whatever type of beer you're into, Casey Beer Co. has a style for you. Look for the red Casey Beer Co. cartons in your local store and support the Arrowhead Attic podcast by supporting Casey Beer Co. They've truly been just blown away my expectations for a partner for this podcast over the past year. Absolutely fantastic. We've got more exciting stuff coming with them. Um, do us a favor and give him a shout out at Casey Beer Co. on Twitter. Wish him a happy Thanksgiving. Say, say uh, the, the Arrowhead Attic guys told me to wish you a happy Thanksgiving uh, and dare to beer different. Please drink responsibly 21 and over. Okay, so are you still in the afterglow a little bit? Just kind of before we we, we move on from that Chargers game. Um, I, I can't stop thinking about it. I mean, it was such a huge, huge win for the Chiefs and an MVP, MVP moment for Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, I'm writing our quarterback rankings. It'll be up on Wednesday, so hopefully everybody checks those out. Um, and I was trying to figure out – I can always try to figure out what I'm going to lead with with the title and the and the, the summary at the top. And I always try to make it different every week. You know, I don't want to sit there and write about the same two guys or three guys. My only thing was, like, Mahomes had his MVP moment. Like, that was – that felt like the game where unless he falls off a cliff, like, yeah, he's the MVP of the league, right? Like, I, I, no disrespect to Tua and Jalen Hurts. Like, if they have the ball in that spot, I'm not saying you don't believe they're going to go down, but, like, you're not, like, oh, he's going down and putting it in the end zone, right? Like, right. Mahomes, there was no doubt, at least in my mind, like, there was zero doubt they were scoring. It was like he's going to take the ball. It's funny. They got down 27-23. And yet, as as like much of a nervous wreck as I am during every one of these games, I felt an amazing peace because I felt like they've got plenty of time. They've yeah. plenty of time, and if he's got plenty of time, he's scoring. And we talked about it on the show on on Sunday night, um, where they showed Herbert on the sideline just staring out onto the field, and it was like this look of complete resignation. It's like yeah. he's going to score. Yeah. And there's nothing I can do about it. And it's just look, I yeah, I think it's a it's a great win. It's a big win. Do you know they've beaten the Chargers on the road nine years in a row now? That's unbelievable. Like that spans back to San Diego and then to their soccer stadium and out of their current stadium. Right. And I, I saw that from Daniel Popper over at the Athletic, who does a great job covering the Chargers. So shout out to him. But I uh, nine games in a row they've beaten the Chargers on the road. They've beaten them nine times in a row. They haven't lost to Denver since the Obama administration. They've, you know, the, the Raiders, they just, they beat up on game in the game. It's, I think my biggest takeaway from that game after having time to think about it is just how dominant they are in that division. Again, yeah. I get people could say, well, you know, you know, those, you know, the Broncos and Raiders have flopped. And it's like, okay, but this was supposed to be, I won't say a rebuilding year, but this was supposed to be kind of a reloading year, recalibration. This division is done. Totally. Like, we're recording this on November 21st. This division's done. It, it, it's over with. Now Now the focus, as we're going to talk about here in a minute, now it goes from the division to getting the top seed. That The division's done. That's accomplished. Now it's, can you get that number one seed in the AFC? What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. 
Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And last thing on last, last night, or when you're listening to this uh, on Sunday night, was um, I'm really, my thought is that I'm really impressed with this defense in the way that they have not been perfect, obviously but have closed out games in recent weeks with their pass rush. When they needed to dig deep, they did it against Jacksonville. They did it in some other games. When they needed to dig deep and, and get pressure and get a big sack and make play, they've been able to do it. And I think there's been previous times during the Mahomes era where I've been sitting there and I've been like, my God, I hope that they have the ball last. Please let them get the ball last because if the other team has the ball last, you don't want to be in that situation with Patrick Mahomes on the sideline where you're like, God, I hope, you know, I hope they're just, they're, they're going to, they're going to win and he's never going to touch the ball again. And right. now I don't feel that way. I feel like, you know, I don't feel super confident, you know, but, but they've, they've done it. They've, they've got, they've, you know, much like they did against San Francisco in the Super Bowl. Well, I'll say one thing for them. They've been much better in the second half of these games. I feel like the first half is just you never know what the hell they're doing. Then the second half, they, they really do. They adjust. They figure it out. The, they're never going to be, with this offense, a great defensive team. I actually thought, if people didn't see it, they can check it out on YouTube. It's it's, it's where I saw it. Um, Chris Jones talked to Rodney Harrison and, and Jake Collinsworth after the game on Sunday. And it was a good six minutes. And he talked about, he's like, you can't judge the defense by its numbers because this offense scores so many points that – Teams just go into this hurry-up, score-at-all-costs, like don't worry about field position type of game. He's like, teams are going to have numbers against us. They're just going to. He's like, but we don't – like that's not how you can judge this defense. And I, I totally agree with Chris Jones. Like, yeah. I I think sometimes that gets overrated, like the numbers. You know, people are like, well, look at yards per play. And it's like, all right, yeah, but think about it this way. If the, Now, this wasn't the case on Sunday night, but it's been the case many times this year. Chiefs are up by a big margin in the fourth quarter, like, like an insurmountable margin. And a team then has, in the fourth quarter, 20 plays. And they rack up you know, 180 yards in the fourth quarter of just pure garbage time. Let's even, let's even say let's even say less now. Let's say 100, 160 yards. That's eight yards per play. Like That would be the worst mark in the NFL. But if you're the Chiefs, who the hell cares? Like you don't like what does it matter? You're up 30 points. Like you don't you're trading the time for the yardage, you're conceding the yardage. Whereas if you're a crappy team, and I'm gonna I'll use Denver as an example for this, because I, I think this is absolutely the truth of Denver. Denver's defense is okay. Denver's defense looks as great as it does because nobody ever has to score against Denver. Like you you're playing to score 20 points. So you're gonna be more conservative. You're gonna play a field position game. You're gonna play a game that if you're beating them. You're just going to run into the line three times and punt. Well, yeah, your yards per play is going to look really good, and the other team's just running a fullback dive three times and punting, right? Like, so I think numbers do lie sometimes. And the Chiefs' defense, I wouldn't say it's 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 really good or anything. 
I think it's a mid-level defense. I think they're a decent NFL defense married to a great offense. And if their special teams gets to where it normally has been under Tobe, yeah, that's a recipe for winning the Super Bowl in 2022. Yeah, they're giving up about 23 points a game. And I think the exciting thing is they have a chance to get better. A lot of young players had a lot of injuries. Hopefully they continue to hit their stride in the second half. And if they can bring that number down to 17, even 20, right, right. you're feeling pretty good with, with, with the, what the Chiefs have on offense. And look what they had to when they played the Buffalo Bills that game. They did a pretty good job of containing Buffalo. It's not like Buffalo marched out there and put up 42 points and, and they were firing on all cylinders. Yep. So, um, yeah, feeling really good about the defense. Well, let's talk about that number one seed. The Chiefs are doing all right. You know, they're, they're, they're the number one seed right now, so that's more, more than you can ask for given the fact that they lost the game to Buffalo. Um, they're 8-2, and two, and then they've got a slew of teams behind them. We talked about this last night about how important it was for the Chiefs not to lose this game because they would have fallen into a five-way tie for the best record in the AFC. They got Miami seven and three, the Titans at seven and three. They got the breaker over them. Baltimore at seventy three and the seven and three, and the Bills at seven and three. And then right. you got three six and four teams in the Patriots, Bengals, and Jets. I think only the Bengals of that group has an opportunity to climb into that race for the number one seed. I don't see New England or the Jets doing it. Chargers are out of it. So that's the focus, as you mentioned, for the Chiefs. And they got a game coming up this weekend that they got to worry about. Is this a trap game? For the Chiefs to take it on the defending Super Bowl champions who are not good, only have three wins this year. They're banged up like crazy. Is this a game where the Chiefs go out there and it's one of those where they come out really flat, especially coming off an emotional victory against the Chargers? It could be a little bit because they also play the Bengals next week. And I would contend of all the games they want to win this year, that Bengals game is numero uno. Like if there is a game that they want blood, it is that game. Yeah. Like, I, that's the kind of game with them. Like, like I actually, I brought it up earlier, that Christmas Day game against Denver, Christmas night game, when they were winning by like 20-some-odd points with two minutes left, and they had Don Terry Poe throw a touchdown. Yeah. Like, they wanted to annihilate Denver. I mean, they wanted to just put them down as bad as they could. I think you will see a similar thing with Cincinnati if the Chiefs have the opportunity. The Chiefs, let's put it this way. I don't think the Chiefs are just running out the clock if they have the chance to do it against the Bengals. Like if they can put it in the end zone, they're going to do it. So you do worry a little bit about is this just a game where the Chiefs, it's a, you know, it's a it's a 425 Eastern kick. So it's not an early game, but it's not a primetime game. Like there's part of me that says, I think the Chiefs understand where they're at this part of the year. Like, they know now, like, look, you're in the home stretch. I know there's still seven games to play, but, like, now you're to a point where you can kind of smell it a little bit. You know, your division is essentially clinched. It's time to now make that push. The Rams are awful. Uh, we'll get in more into them in a second. But I, I think it could be a little bit of a trap game if they're not careful. I also think the Rams are so bad that if the Chiefs wake up at any point in time during the game, they'll probably be all right. Yeah, and you know, looking at their schedule the rest of the way, they've got some easy te- easy teams, right? Some bad teams that they're going to play. Right. <clears throat> but um, it's not the most favorable schedule. After this, so they're at home against Los Angeles. Then they have three straight road games at Cincy, at Denver, at Houston. And then they come home for two for their last two home games of the season 
uh, on uh, against Seattle and Denver, and then they go on the road and finish things off in Vegas. Right. All three of these games, these remaining home games, and I don't mean to underestimate the the Chiefs' kingdom and the crowd at Arrowhead, but I would reckon these are going to be the lowest energy home games in terms of the crowd of the entire year because you got this Sunday, it's Thanksgiving weekend, right? You know, it Food could coming. be maybe not as attended. It's a bad team. People got family in town. They're, they're you know, stuffed from, from Turkey. And then the next home game that they have is on Christmas Eve. Right. Against the Seahawks, who are a good, good ball club. And then the g- next game that they have, the last game that they have at home, is on New Year's Day against the Broncos. Now, look, should the Chiefs take advantage of, of, of all of those games and win? Of course. But that's not working in their favor, and you got a three-game road trip smashed in the middle of there. This is a game the Chiefs need to come out and just take care of business uh, when it, with regards to that number one seat. Do you feel like, looking at the rest of that schedule, that they can do it? Because I think, look, I mean, if you want to feel comfortable about them getting that number one seat, they need to run the table. Can they? Are they going to run the table? I think they beat the Bengals. They'll beat everybody else. I, I, I hear you. Like, your points are well taken, but I – I also think knowing Chiefs fans, like they, they'll 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 pack those those games. Now, I I agree with you in the sense that is it one of those things where you're getting a team that you feel like it's just going to smoke, so it's like yeah, whatever, and you know maybe. But I, I I will say this though, I don't think that's going to be the case with Denver Chiefs fans. After years and years and years of dealing with Denver, I think there will always be a certain energy for the Broncos. Um, but no, I you know what I think for the Chiefs like. I, I don't think you'd ha- rather have it any other way. I mean, you mentioned that three-game road trip, which is, you know, any three-game road trip merits uh, you know, attention. One of those games is at Denver, which we'll be in Kansas City for, okay? Um, another one of those games is Houston. I mean, the, the Chiefs could put their backups in there and beat that team if, if, they, if they wanted to. So the only rough game of it is the first game, which is the Bengals game. That, yeah, to me, yeah. is the game. I know they could fall and trip and lose. I get it. I mean, hell, they almost lost to the Raiders at home, and and they did lose to the Colts. No game is guaranteed, and I guarantee, and I will guarantee you, there will be one or two games this year against one against those teams that they're white knuckling it all the way to the end because they yeah. they screw around for a half of football, and that's going to happen. But I do believe one thing about them. I mean, what is it now? Twenty eight, twenty nine in a row in November and December. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's insane. Yeah. They just do not lose games this time of year. So I and I and I think there's a, a causation correlation there with them where I do think this is the time of year they kind of start to hone in a little bit. And it's like, all right, you know, especially come out of the bye. You know, that's another thing with them out of the bye with Reed historically. People always focus on the one game right out of the bye. After the bye, they're they're ridiculous. Like they self-scout. I don't think it's a I don't think it's a a coincidence that when they came out of the bias, a Pacheco became starting running back. Like, I don't think that's a, a coincidence that that happened. I don't think it's a coincidence that all of a sudden defensively, they're getting five sacks a game. Like they self scout really well. So I think the chiefs can lose one more game and be the one seed. I think that's because I don't think the bills or the Ravens are on the table either. I think they can win one or lose one more game. But if obviously, like you said, if you, if you want to have, guarantees then you got to run it you got to run it all one of the things that works in their favor when you look at this schedule is yet denver right like they you know they're pretty much packing it in 
not quite yet, but um, their their record is so terrible. Vegas, by the time they get to week 18, it's oh over. My God. I mean, they might actually walk out on the field with their golf clubs over their shoulder. <laughs> right. I, I, you want to talk about it. The, that is actually real quick. That is one thing I will say about this schedule. The last two games of the year, home to Denver and at Vegas, if the Chiefs get to that and all they got to do is win those two games to go to the the, the one seed, they will do it. Because yeah. you couldn't find two teams that will be more cooked that time of year. I mean, Denver is going to be dying to get the hell out of town after the way that season's gone. Right. And, you, you, and if you think the Raiders are going to rise up and play for Josh McDaniels in Week 18, I got another thing for you. Like, there is – there is no scenario that ben, and the Chiefs won't take it lightly because they're divisional games. You would think so. That is one thing I think that bodes really well for them. Those two games. I mean, you might not be able to find two teams that don't lay down more than those two at the end of the season. And I know these guys are professionals, but you got to think Denver, man. They're going to be oh. in Kansas City on New Year's Eve with nothing to play for. You don't think some of those players might? Uh... I know they'll have a curfew, but it's just got to be so distracting. Whereas, whereas the Chiefs, if the Chiefs are playing for the one seed, then you know they're going to be on lockdown, no, no going out, no doing anything crazy. Um, yeah, it's it's a really interesting final stretch here for the Chiefs. But if they can get it done, that Vegas game may not matter. If they if oh, they do win out, it might be locked up for them. Like if, if Buffalo is more than a game behind, right? That, that's who you got to worry about, right? Although. Baltimore too. Yeah, Baltimore is the Chiefs coming. probably lose a tiebreaker to them with the conference record. So they're probably going to have to beat them out, right? And the Ravens have the easiest schedule left in football. Yeah. So, but it's it's funny, like you know, you mentioned like you know New Year's Eve and I. I also this time of year, you know, it starts happening with these teams that are totally out of it. These guys are like, yeah, he's got a hamstring pull. Right. He's out for the year. Guys go to IR. You know, yeah, it's like what the hell? You're not gonna, you know, you're not gonna risk some guy in a week 17 game that's banged up. Like, you know, why? I mean, you're not gonna do that. And I'm not saying anybody's like being soft or anything, but it's just, it's just practicality. Like, you're not, you know, if you're if you're Denver and one of your five best players is beat up, you're gonna trot him out there in that game, right? Because you're four and ten or four and eleven. Like, I, I don't. There's no benefit to you to do that. You know, especially if you're a team that has your draft pick. Like, I'll tell you right now, Houston, you want to find a team that wants to lose. I mean, the players don't want to, but the executives or anything else get the number one pick. Oh, my God. I mean, they, they might be holding hands, running into the end zone with the Chiefs. Make, right. make sure that, they, I mean, you get down by enough, they can't come back. That game, you know, do you're going to find games like that as the year winds down where guys are just – it's like, look, man, I'm beat up. I'm not playing this game. We're, you know, one ten and one. Like, I'm not going out there and getting my ass kicked. There's no point. Right. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's uh let's let's do a little Thanksgiving thing here. Let's uh let's see what the Chiefs are thankful for. Um, so uh w- number one here, you have Mahomes, Jones, Kelsey, Veach, and Reed. Are they up for major awards? Obviously, Mahomes for the MVP. Right. They're starting to become noise and buzz around Chris Jones for Defensive Player of the Year. Yep. Does Kelsey have a case for Offensive Player of the Year? I saw somebody throw out on Twitter, should he be in the MVP conversation? He won't be in that. But, you know, I I do think, like, the Offensive Player of the Year thing is not insane. He has 855 yards receiving. He's sixth in the NFL in yardage. 
And for tight ends, like it, it's hysterical the difference. I mean, the next the next tight end comes in twenty eighth in the league at five fifty one. That's Mark Andrews. I mean, he's three hundred yards ahead of Mark Andrews. It, it's not even the same league, yeah. and he's leading the NFL with eleven touchdowns. I actually think his former teammate Tyree Kill is probably the one who's in the driver's seat for this right now. Yeah. But if, if Kelsey finishes the year with like 17, 18 touchdowns and he sets a new record for tight end receiving yardage, which he already holds, it's at least it's at least like he's a candidate. Yeah. Um, then you get to Chris Jones. Chris Jones is getting to a point, man, where like you really got to talk about it. I mean, he is tied for fifth in sacks. Judon has 13. He's been great. Parsons is 10. Zadarius Smith in Minnesota and Nick Bosa have nine and a half. Chris Jones, Max Crosby, Alex Highsmith, and Justin Houston have nine sacks. Now, all those guys are edge guys, except obviously for Jones. You wonder if if he gets to like 15, 16 sacks and they and they win 14, 15 games. Like, he's got a pretty damn good case. Yeah. Like if I had to do a ballot right now, it's probably Parsons and Jones, like one and two. I, I, yeah. I think it's I think it's a real case to make. Now we've also got Brett Veach on here, yeah, for obviously executive of the year. I mean, obviously, I pro- you pro- again more probably more competition for Miami, right? Miami makes the trade for you. You got this guy Tua. Tungavailoa, who was talented quarterback in in college, he's not been good in the NFL. He's just not been good until this year. They go out, you know, they already got him Jalen Waddle. They go out and get him Tyree Kill, and he's been fantastic. Cre- credit to him. He's taken advantage of the weapons that he's had. He's obviously taken a step forward. I, you know, I I hate these, and some Chiefs fans have a tendency to do this and be like, oh well, you know, it's because he got Tyree Kill, as if like he doesn't have to actually get Tyree Kill the ball. Right. I mean, um, no he, kidding. Like, yeah, Mahomes had Tyreek Hill for six years or whatever right. it was, five years. Uh, but do you think that – is there anybody else you can think of? Um, obviously, what is his name, Roseman out in, in, in Philadelphia? Philadelphia. I, yeah. Yeah, I think I think Howie Roseman is probably the winner of the award right now. I mean, he he's done an amazing job. I wrote about their offseason before the year started and talked to some people inside that team and, and – I mean, what they did was just a master class. The funny thing was, in talking to a lot of those guys, it, the thought was like, we'll be competitive again this year, but next year is the year when the Super Bowl window opens. And now they're 9-1. and one. Like, It's funny how, how life works. Um, I think Veach, though, I think he's top three. Like, I really do. You went out and traded Tyreek Hill. You hit on a million of these picks. And you brought in guys like Juju who have worked and Valdez Scantling, who said if you want, like, look, he's been he's been his quality piece. Like, certainly hasn't been a bad value for what they paid for him. Um, you know, you, you go out and you do all this stuff with all these rookies, and like it's worked. I mean, they're the number one seed in the AFC. Do I think he wins it? Probably not. Also, they, look, he and Reed are also hurt by the same thing, too. Everybody expects them to be great all the time. Right. Yep. You know? But I think he's got a shot. I do think he's in the top three. And Reed, I don't think Andy wins coach of the year because there's going to be guys like a Brian Dable, you know, and Nick Sirianni, teams that are outperforming what their expectations were. If the Chiefs go 15-2, and two, like if the Chiefs run the table, you at least got to put him in the conversation, right? I mean, it's it's been really impressive. People forget 
There were people picking them to finish last in the AFC West. Last. There were people picking them to miss the playoffs. I mean, this was not a year where people are like, they're definitely going to go to the Super Bowl. Now, Vegas books, stuff like that, they were still among the top three teams, four teams in the league. But there was a lot of a lot of talk before the year that this team was going to fall flat on its face. Yep. It has not. So, yeah, I, I think all those guys deserve merit. I, but I will say, and I think you would agree, Mahomes' MVP case is easily the strongest of the five. And then I think the next guy is Jones. Jones is right there for defense player of the year. Yeah, I agree with you. It, you get to become a victim of your own success. And with these awards, it's always, always, always the flashy choice. And the flashy choice is always who wasn't good this year that's good this year. There's your coach of the year, right? Like they do it every time. Anybody who exceeds expectations. For Andy to get coach of the year, you, they, they'd probably need some of these other teams to stumble. I, I, I don't think the Giants are that good. I think it's a great coaching job by Brian Dayball, but like yes. – I, they're going to start losing, I think, here as they get exposed a little bit. Same thing with the Jets. Um, <clears throat> I think the Chiefs would have to go on a run, a heck of a run, and maybe win out for Andy to get a good crack at it. Um, because, again, as you mentioned, it's just the way it is with these awards. Same thing for for Veach. The Chiefs are good. Of course they're good. You're going to give it to the team that kind of came out of nowhere. That's just the way it works. Um, all right, something else for the Chiefs to be thankful for. Um, of those guys – that we just mentioned, Mahomes, Jones, Kelsey, Veach, and Reed. How many of them are Hall of Famers or possible future Hall of Famers? Kelsey could quit tonight. He'd be in the Hall of Fame. Agreed. Um, could Mahomes – God, I hope he doesn't. But like, Could he retire at the end of the year and be in the Hall of Fame now? I think, it, I think he may not be first ballot, but – you'd be able to make an argument for him. I mean, I think those two guys, like Kelsey's in and Mahomes is going to get in. I mean, you know, God forbid, barring something catastrophic, he's getting in. Um, I mean, if, if Mahomes wins the MVP and wins the Super Bowl this year, right? I think he's the first ballot Hall of Fame. Like, he could retire and what he's done in his career, you know, even though he wouldn't maybe have some of the volume of stats of some of right. these other guys, I think you, you you get into that room and you're like, Look what he did in the time that he played. Yeah, and on top of that, he might set the all-time single-season passing record. Like, it's just it's insane. Yeah. I think Chris Jones – Chris Jones is going to be an interesting case because right now for his career, he has 58 and a half sacks, which is awesome. He's 28 years old, and he's an interior alignment. Like – there's a real shot Chris Jones gets to 100 sacks in his career. That's nuts for an interior lineman. Like to give to give context to that, um, you have to really look at the the you know rest rest of the uh, competition over the years. And when you start looking at now, I'm only going off the official list because there are guys before 1982, and you know, there's a lot of different stuff because 1982 is when they started becoming official. Only 41 players in NFL history have ever gotten 100 sacks. 41. Again, officially. If you want to go unofficially, then you start getting into like the 60 guys. Okay? 41 officially. And of those guys, I mean, you could count on one hand how many guys were defensive tackles. right? I mean, Aaron Donald, who's got 103 right now, he's one of them. 
Um, then you've got to keep going and going and going and going and going. And I mean going all the way up the list until you get to John Randall, who has 137 and a half, which is just impossible for a, a D tackle. That's the entire list. That is the entire list of D tackles that have ever gotten 100 sacks. Obviously, Donald's going to walk into Canton. Randall walked into Canton. The thing that hurts Chris Jones is he's never been a first-team All-Pro, ever. He is a three-time Pro Bowler. He obviously has a you – know, he's going to be a Pro Bowler this year, so it'll be four time, four years in a row. Um, he has made some second-team All-Pros. I think he will get into Canton. I do. It'll, it'll help him that they've won a Super Bowl. He was a huge part of it. Like, And then Andy's walking in. So I think those four guys are getting in. Now, Brett, I mean, look, that GMs, it's a harder thing. Like, He's going to have to be really great for a long time. You know, but he, he could. I mean, if they went three, four Super Bowls with him as a general manager, yeah, probably go to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean, the the litmus test for his career, and he's so young that you know he, you could, know. he, he could so be around for he could be around for a long time. But he can accomplish it during the Mahomes era, right? Like if yes. he, yes. you know, if he continues to, it's not just about being involved in bringing Patrick Mahomes to Kansas City. But being able to continue, and we've seen how difficult this is for other GMs and other personnel departments around the league. If they can continue to surround Patrick Mahomes with enough help, it's an easy Hall of Fame case. If they win three Super Bowls, right, they're going to win a, a, a billion games as long as he stays healthy. So I think if they win three Super Bowls over the course of Pat's career, I think Brett Veach is probably going to get in the Hall of Fame. Is there anybody else on the team – that you're like that guy is Hall of Fame potential. I don't. I, obviously, Tyreek Hill. He'll he'll get in. I would think one day. Yeah. Um, I don't know that anybody else. I mean, maybe maybe you want to say in terms of potential, like one of the offensive linemen, Creed you know, Humphrey. Creed Humphrey. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, he'd probably be the the guy. I'll tell you what. He's not going to make the Hall of Fame, and he shouldn't. But Carlos Dunlop's had a damn good career. Like yeah. hundred sacks. Like I just said. I mean, you're. You know, now again, he's obviously a guy who did not do most in Kansas City, but I think those are the guys. But mm-hmm. those guys, they're probably, I, I, I mean, look, Kelsey Mahomes and Reed are, they're going to the Hall of Fame. Yep. And if Jones, again, if Jones hits 100 sacks, which he could, I think Jones is going to the Hall of Fame. I do. I think, you know, he gets in and Veach, obviously, you got to wait and see. But a lot to be thankful for if you're a Chiefs fan with those guys. I mean, a lot. A lot because they have ushered in a whole new uh, dominant era of Chiefs football. Well, speaking of guys that aren't going to make the Hall of Fame, but the Chiefs should be thankful for. What about the new additions? Which which additions, whether they be rookies or free agent signings, are the Chiefs most thankful for this season? In your view, I think it's got to be the corners, right? I mean, these three rookie corners have just been awesome. Um, yeah, you watch them again last night. I mean, McDuffie, I think, got beat once. Yeah. Watson got beat once across his face on a deep crosser, you know, and Williams got, I don't want to say beat on a deep ball to Allen. Really? I I, I got to be honest. They put him in a brutal spot there. Like you got to have help there. You have to have a safety. Um, and that was a hell of a catch and throw. It was. I mean, he really honestly played it pretty well. He just, it was a great play. Um, their, their young rookies are playing really well at corner. I think Carl Loftus is going to be really good. I know people sit there. How could you say that he is half a sack? Chris Jones had two sacks as a rookie. Right. I don't care. Like, when a lot of times when I watch guys like that, I want to see, like, do you have Ben? Do you have explosiveness? Do you have? Yeah, he does. 
like he has all the traits. I think that kid is going to figure it out and put it together. Um, you know, Brian Cook's been very good for them when he's been asked to fill a bigger role. But I have to say those those three rookies and, and now potentially here Pacheco, um, they have really, really changed the course of the season, especially the corners. Yeah, agreed. I'm going to give it to Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, just he's been totally fantastic. Exactly what you wanted when you yep. signed him. A guy you probably want to extend. Hopefully he's on, he's on the field this week uh, and is recovered from his head injury. If he's not, leave him on the sidelines. But he's been a great outlet and another sort of security blanket for Patrick Mahomes, which is fantastic news because that means it's harder to focus on Travis Kelsey. And if you're going to focus on Travis Kelsey, now you've got Juju Smith-Schuster, and he's a, he's a chain mover for them. So hopefully he's healthy and stays that way for the rest of this run. I think we could be sitting here and and look when Brett Veach we had Brett Veach on the show, who you know he so graciously came by and chatted with us. Um, he talked about Sammy Watkins, and when he was when we asked him about Juju Smith-Schuster, and he talked yep. about what Sammy brought to the team with his blocking and just his big body and physicality. Um, if the Chiefs won the Super Bowl this year and they go on a deep run, I think Juju Smith-Schuster is going to have a big say in that. And we're going to look back at some plays like we did with Sammy against Houston, the big catch oh, wow. in the Super Bowl where we're like, oh, man, you know, as much as people were unhappy with the entirety of his uh, Chiefs career, uh, they don't win that Super Bowl without Sammy Watkins. So he was important. And, and Brett Veach thought he was important enough that he wanted to go and find a similar type of player. No doubt. No doubt. Um, Sammy Watkins came up big in all those playoff games that year. And if they're going to win the Super Bowl again this year, they are going to need Juju. They're, they're going to need him to make some plays. They're going to need MVS to have a game where he has 80 yards. That's Look, when you win the Super Bowl, there are no passengers. You need everybody because when you get in those playoff games, you're going to come across teams who are going to say, look, so-and-so, and, and this, for the Chiefs' purposes, Kelsey, he's not beating us. He is not beating us. And you're going to have to beat us somewhere else. Yep. Enter Juju, MVS, you know, McCole Hardman, Canarius Tony, Sky Moore, I mean, you know, the, you know, Pacheco. Like, those are the guys. You know, I remember that Super Bowl run when the Chiefs were able to win those three games. They ran the ball really well in the playoffs. Like, Damian Williams was a huge reason they won the Super Bowl. You know, he, he's not a guy – who's going to the Hall of Fame. He's not going to the Ring of Honor, but he was an enormous reason why they won the Super Bowl. A guy like Mike Pinnell defensively. Yep. Who you'd be like, who the hell is Mike? Mike Pinnell was a huge part of them shutting down Derrick Henry. Like, you need guys like that. You know, they may not be the Mahomeses of the world, but you need guys of that ilk. And Juju obviously falls somewhere in between. He's not just a little role player, but you need him to have a game where he goes for six catches and 90 yards and a touchdown. I, he's more than capable of doing it. There was an argument to be made that Damian Williams could have been the Super Bowl MVP. I mean, oh, you definitely can make the argument. Yeah. You, you certainly could have made that argument. Obviously, tough when you got Mahomes. Some of the throws that Mahomes made at the end of that game, I think, is what, what tipped it. Um, Chiefs fans are not going to forget about Damian Williams. No. I'll remember him breaking that run, one, getting that ball over the pylon, that really close touchdown, and then breaking that final run to, to seal it for the rest of my life. Uh, that's, I, uh, that's right up there for me with Wasp. <laughs> oh, yeah. I I remember the next morning I was flying in, into Chicago out of Miami and I was sitting in the airport and I ran into Williams's agent and we were sitting there talking and I 
said, hey, man, how you doing? Congratulations. He's like, I haven't slept. I went to the team party, and I I just want to go home and go to bed. <laughs> like, But they want to book him for, like, the you know the Tonight Show and all this other stuff. And we're trying to get him set up with all these things. We're going to L.A. We're going – and it was – it was so funny. I got on the plane and I was, I was standing there talking to Nick Allegretti's brother um, who came out to the game. And um, No, hey, man, I, I was at that game. And I will never forget watching Damian Williams just run off into the night because he ran to the opposite corner from where I was. And you could just kind of see the those white 26 numerals just, you know, just glimmering in the, in the night as he's running off into the corner and, it was funny because it felt like a home game. It was so loud at, you know, at the Super Bowl, really, it was. But, oh, yeah. No, if you're a Chiefs fan, Damian Williams is a sacred name. <laughs> All right, let's get these guys ready for the game this weekend. We've got a long way to go as we wax poetic about Super Bowls. Chiefs versus Rams. Um, now, by the time you hear this, there may be some clarification on the status of Matthew Stafford. He right. had a concussion, missed a game, came back, left the game after getting sacked. I read about this today. They they said that the, he didn't get another concussion is what they said, but he left the game and didn't come back. So you got to look at this week as a big, big question mark for him if something like that happened where he had any kind of setback, even if it wasn't, and thankfully it wasn't, another concussion. With their record, they may just want to look at look at things and – you know, maybe evaluate some of their backups. We'll see. But this game, I think in right now, the line opened at 14 and a half. Chiefs, 14 and a half point favorites over under 44, which I thought was interesting. You feel like that's kind of low going into this game? I don't think they think this branch would score a point, honestly. I think that's why. Uh, by the way, Jordan Rodriguez, who is maybe the best beat writer in the country for my money, uh, she covers the athletic for the or covers the Ramsey Athletics. She's saying, and so I've been looking down periodically. I've been trying to find stuff on Stafford. McVeigh's talking as we're recording this. He's saying that uh, Matthew Stafford is still being evaluated to see whether or not the Rams will put him in the concussion protocol. Yeah. Um, also, John Wolford, their backup, is dealing with a neck injury. So there's a, there's a chance that they might have to sign a quarterback this week uh, and that Bryce Hopkins would be the guy. Um so and he he played uh, in the Saints game. He was five of ten, sacked a bunch of times. So look, the Rams are the Rams are in a bad way right now. There's no other way to put that. Yeah, it's not good. Uh, big line here. So the primer on this one is as you put it, the Rams are a mess. Three and seven. Stafford may not play. Cooper Cup is out. He's got a high ankle sprain, had surgery, I think, right? And and yep. he, he he probably we probably won't see him for the rest of the year unless they Gosh. go on some sort of miracle run, which doesn't seem like it's going to happen. That's not happening. Yeah, no reason to bring him back. Um, they've beaten the Falcons, the Panthers, and the Cardinals, and that's it. Cardinals best of that bunch. Um, they rank thirty second in yards per play, four point seven. Stafford's been terrible this year. I mean, he's just fallen off an absolute cliff. Only will throw the ball to Cooper Cup, and now Cooper Cup's gone. Yep. 30th in the NFL in sacks, allowing 35. 22nd in, in yards per attempt, 6.7. 18th on third down, 24th in red zone, 27th in yards, and 28th in points per drive. It's brutal on offense. So let's talk about the Rams' offense versus the, the Chiefs' defense. Boy, this is a game where the Chiefs' defense could gain a lot of confidence, especially if there's a, a guy off the street playing quarterback. 
If the Chiefs give up a bunch of yards to this team, they should give it up. I, I don't know what else to say. I, I don't care who's playing quarterback. They they cannot block. They cannot run. Nobody's run for 300 yards in that team. Like, Tyler Higby's the leading receiver. He doesn't have 450 yards. They're brutal. I mean, they are the – and they did all that with Cup. Like, yeah. th- those numbers are mostly with Cooper Cup. I mean, they are absolutely horrific offensively. This is the worst team the Chiefs have played this year, and I'm including Indianapolis. This is the worst team. If the Chiefs cannot maul them defensively in this game, I don't know what to tell you guys. I mean, the Rams don't do anything well. Nothing. They don't throw the ball well. They don't run the ball well. They don't block well. Stafford is as mobile as it gets. Like, if they have to play Bryce Hopkins, it's Bryce Hopkins. Like, I really hope you can handle that. So, and if you're wondering, by the way, like, who the hell is Bryce Hopkins? That's a fair question. He has been in the league. Let me see now. I just want to make sure I'm right because there's a Bryson Hopkins. There's, there's many uh, Hopkins here. So, I don't, I don't want to speak out of turn. But he came in last game for Stafford when he got hurt. Um, and it, uh, it, did not, it did not play well. I mean, he was... He, again, five for 10. I'm trying to pull up the stats. He was like five for 10. He was sacked three times. They they really struggled with him in the game. Now, if, if Stafford can't go, uh, I keep saying, i sorry, Bryce Perkins. Bryce Perkins. My, forgive me. I knew this. Bryce Hopkins on the Rams, also Bryce Perkins. Bryce Perkins. Okay, so he's in his second season. He's out of Virginia. Um, yeah, he came in and and not not much was going on. Like this year, he's played in two games. He's six of eleven, sacked three times, no touchdowns, no picks. He's averaging five and a half yards in attempt. Okay, um, they are unbelievably limited. And with Perkins, like he's got a little bit more mobility than Stafford does, which is a low bar. But Bryce Perkins is not going to uh, go, going to go in there and light you up. And so I think no matter who the quarterback is, the Chiefs defense should really feast in this game. And the in the running game uh, as well for the Rams, Cam Akers has not been the same since he terrible. came back. Daryl Henderson, who I, I think is a, is, a, is a decent back, Sean McVay just seems to hate him. He gets carries one week game like nothing last week. They've got a young guy uh, whose, whose name I, is, is escaping me right now, starting to get some work. But I mean, yeah, this is this is a team that, is about getting ready to pack it in. And I mean, how, like, is this the mother of all Super Bowl hangovers? Yeah. So, and by the way, I think you're probably thinking of, uh, Karen Williams. Yes. Um, who this year has rushed for a robust total of 45 yards. He was injured, I think, but yeah. He's, he's playing uh, three games. He has, he has eight carries all year long. Yeah. And Cam Akers is rushing for 3.1 yards an attempt, and Daryl Henderson Jr. is rushing for 4.0 yards, uh, yards per attempt, and he's got 283 rushing yards. Uh, they, they are the definition of rancid offensively. I mean, they really – No weapons. No, without cup – I mean, they, just, there's nobody. There's nobody on this team at this point that you're like, yeah, that guy really threatens you. So this would be a game where you would think Kansas City's defense could really – tee off here and get going pretty well. I mean, I, I think it's going to be a lot of long down and distances, a lot of tight coverage. Allen Robinson's been a disaster. They brought him in three years, $45 million. A lot of people thought he'd be a great signing. 
Uh, he has been awful. 33 catches for 339 yards and three touchdowns. That is it. Uh, they do not have anybody else. And they do not throw to the backs. So it's, it's a team that is so limited. And you mentioned Super Bowl hangovers. I wrote about this. I went back and did the research because I was thinking about that during the Saints game. I'm like, my God, has there ever been a team that's been worse? So in the NFL's history, in the Super Bowl era, only seven teams have ever won the Super Bowl and had a losing record the next year. Two of those teams, it happened in strike years. So you kind of put that to the side a little bit. Weird years, stuff like that happens. You're left for five teams now. Another two of the teams, one of them Vince Lombardi retired from, and another one John Elway retired from. So now you're down to three. And I'm doing this off the top of my head, but I believe those teams are the 81 Raiders, the 88 Washington Redskins, and the 03 Buccaneers. And all those teams went seven and nine. So the only team to ever win the Super Bowl and then the next year have double-digit losses the 1999 Denver Broncos, and that's because Elway retired and Terrell Davis blew his knee out and they went 6-10. and 10. The Rams are going to be the worst defending champion ever. The worst. Not even close. So, yeah, this is uh, the title defense from hell. Yeah, it's a, it's a bummer because I think the Chiefs would have beat the Rams if they made it to the Super Bowl last year, but don't want to go too far down that road. So, on defense... Uh, they're 21st in yards per play of the Rams, 5.3. 16th in yards per attempt, 7.1. 4th in yards per carry, 3.9. 30th in pressure rate, 13.3. 21st in sacks, 18th and 3rd down, 4th in the red zone. So they do some things well defensively, particularly defend the run. Um, but is this going to be a game where Mahomes just goes off, especially if they get Juju Smith-Schuster back? So Bill Barnwell, who does a great job for ESPN, tweeted this out last night that the Rams are on Sunday night. Um, the Rams are the worst team by DVOA in man coverage in the NFL. So if they got to sit in zone coverage against the Chiefs, good luck to you. Have fun. That's a crazy stat when you have Jalen Ramsey on your team. It just goes to show how bad they are everywhere else. And Jalen Ramsey, by the way, has not played to his standard this year. If you watch them, he has not been awful by any stretch, but he has not been Jalen Ramsey. Um, Andy Dalton was 21 to 25 for three touchdowns against them. I mean, yeah, I think this is a game where if there's ever a game where the Chiefs win by like 30 points, this might be the game. Like, this yeah. might be one of those like stats galore games where, you know, Mahomes throws for 400 yards and five touchdowns, and Kelsey has two more touchdowns, and Juju has a couple of them if he's healthy. And, you never want to look at a game and, and think like, oh, it's going to be a walkover because we all felt that way about the Colts game. And look what happened. But, man, this, this team's worse than the Colts. This team is brutal. Like, the Colts at least had some guys defensively. You're like, all right, you know, defensively, you worry about Jonathan Taylor running the ball on offense. Pitt, I mean, this, this team's hideous. Like, also, this is the first time all year the Rams have to play in cold weather. Like, I do think that matters to some extent. Like, you want to talk yeah. about wanting to get the hell out of town? Like this this game is the epitome of that. Does the weather um, in KC, I believe, is supposed to be pretty cold on Sunday. It is going to be uh, a high of 42. So for, for Los Angeles, it's pretty damn cold. Um, yeah. I think the Chiefs are in good shape here. 
All right, we're gonna um, we're gonna give you our predictions for the game at the end of the show here. But first, we got to get to some listener reviews. By the way, it's CR Head Attic Podcast. If you like what you're hearing, make sure you leave us a review over at Apple Podcasts. Five star review. It's super helpful. It helps new people find the show. And if you leave a written review and you say something nice, um, or you ask us a question, we'll read it on the show, like we're about to do right now. Um, first one comes from Florida Cheese fan. Uh, Chewy Chips Ahoy with Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. That's that's all right. That's a that's a, a review headline yeah, that's going to get my attention. Yeah. Um, this is by far the, the best cheese podcast out there. I love the unfiltered takes from each of the hosts. Vertorants are the best part of the show. I also enjoy the food takes. And my question for you all is, what are your thoughts on Chewy Chips Ahoy cookies with Reese's Peanut Butter Cups in them? I discovered these recently, and I can't stop eating them. Listen, what are my thoughts? <laughs> I mean... Some things are, are, are worth shortening your life over. Right. <laughs> I did not know that these existed before this review. And I, but I love Chewy Chips Ahoy. They're incredible. We used to have some in the office. I put them in the cookie jar. And uh, they've got ones with Reese's in them. I mean, I, I don't know what, what more you can ask. Give me, a, give me a scoop of vanilla ice cream to throw on there and we'll call it a day. That's right. That's right. That's a good call right there. I, you know, I, I know I have a problem because well, I, I can't wait to go to Kansas City, and I encourage anybody listening to this. If you want to go out and you want to meet us, we're going to be at the Tanner's Bar Grill at and Rainbow Boulevard in Kansas City, just on the other side of the state line in Kansas. Um, you can RSVP. You, you follow if you go to our YouTube channel. There's a, there's a link in the description. There's uh, I've tweeted out. Patrick's tweeted out. Um, I mean, you, you can find it. Uh, and we'll continue to to push it. But I immediately looked up what dessert menus they had. Like I, I needed to know what was on the dessert menu. They brown, brownie a la mode. I'm like, all right, that's going to happen. Yeah. But I am. I, I can't wait to see everybody when I go out there. But I'm also just. I am. I'm trying to like, legitimately trying to figure out how many different places I can get to for barbecue. Like if I run into anybody and they're like, hey man, you want to go get some like Mexican or Italian food tonight? We're going to get into a fist fight. I right. I am Italian. I love Italian food. I love Mexican food. All I want is barbecue when I'm out there. That's it. Yep. It's yep. all I like. I, I can have Italian food. I can make Italian food. I I want I want barbecue. That's all I want. Because where I live, like there's there are some places that do barbecue, and like it's solid, but it's not Kansas City. It's not even close. Like I I need it. I'm driving out there. I'm debating whether or not I want to just get like one of those big like those like combo platters and just drive home with it and let the car just smell like barbecue the whole way back. Yeah, yeah. I might do that and get like four cases of Kansas city beer and then just call it a day. Yeah. It's going to be uh and that's great that you're driving. Cause you'll be able to bring back as much of that Casey beer as you want. I'm, I'm um, gonna. Yeah. Yeah. I'm flying Southwest. I'm checking both bags and uh, they, they ain't going to have clothes on them. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, thank you for the review. Florida cheese fan. Appreciate you. And then of course our PR manager, Clint McKenzie, I hate these podcasts. Why do I hate the various AA podcasts so much? Because I will neglect doing anything and everything else once a new episode drops. Come what may, I listen to them immediately. I enjoy them that much. You will to appreciate you, brother. Um, all right, since we're talking food, before we get to our predictions for Chiefs Rams, and it's Thanksgiving, I thought it would be fun for us to do a Thanksgiving food draft. So you get five picks, and I'm going to be really gracious for it, Ram, and I'm going to give you the number one pick in this draft. What do you got for the first overall pick in the, the first official Arrowhead Attic podcast, Thanksgiving food draft? Okay. My only question is, 
Are we just ranking the food as, as like as much as we like it, or are we trying to build like a dinner here in this draft? I, uh, yeah, you're building like it's Thanksgiving. Uh, this okay. is going to be the last. Like you're going to have to eat this for Thanksgiving for the rest of your life. Okay. I'm going to go a little off the board here. I'm going to go with the apple pie, man. I, I love oh, a good okay. apple pie. I love a good apple pie. So the number one pick is apple pie. So you're just going right out of the gate, making sure you get the dessert that you want. I mean, you you know me. You, you've you been around me in, in person. I am yeah. not a small individual. Like, that yeah. didn't happen by me being like, hey, let me get the green beans. Like, I, okay, so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm all for the apple pie. Okay, so I – I think this was a, a smart move by you, but I think also a huge blunder. I got go, I can't have Thanksgiving without turkey. So I'm locking it in. Turkey is my in a shocking upset that it wasn't the number one overall pick. See, this is why I thought about it. I knew what I was doing. I don't like turkey. I do not like turkey. So I'm going different here. I'm having a damn Thanksgiving ham. I don't care. I Give me, give me the damn ham. I, you know what? Ham's good. I like ham. I, you know, I, I know it's a Christmas thing, a thing, you know, the, the, an Easter thing. I, I don't give a shit. It's my number two pick. If you come over to my house, thank you. And you get a ham. I love it. I love it. Um, good move. Good move. Ham is great. I got to go with this number two pick. I'm trying to think if you are savage enough to take two desserts. I wouldn't be. No. Yeah, you, yeah, but you don't. I'm, I'm not going to believe you. Like, I wouldn't believe the Raiders GM if he called me and you know said he wanted to trade for Patrick Mahomes. Um, all right, you believe gonna, that. He definitely wants to do that. I, my, I love, I absolutely love stuffing. So I'm going to go ahead and lock it in. Okay, that's fair. I love stuffing, but um, not to call out family members here, but I know that like on in the in the uh, in, in the wife side of the family, they, they put cranberries in there, and it drives me insane. Hate it. No cranberries. Same stuff. It's such bullshit. All right. So my third one, I'm going with the candied yams. Uh, I'm a a big fan of the uh, the yams. So you got to have a starch in there. It's got to complement something to make you fall asleep. I'm I'm going with it. That's that's a tough one for me to lose because I love, love the candied yams. Smart move on your, on your, you kind of got a second dessert in there, which was smart. Eh, It's a side. It's a side. (laughs) Um, all right, I've got turkey, I've got stuffing. Um, gotta go ahead and lock in pumpkin pie. Mm, well done. That's well done. Gotta do it. Gotta do it. Got dessert taken care of. All right, your fourth pick. Fourth pick. I'm just trying to think. You got apple pie, ham, candy yep. yam. Yep, yep. I guess I gotta go with what I'm gonna be making, which is gonna be mac and cheese. Yeah, I think this is a brilliant move by you. You know, because you got you got the ham now, you got the mac and cheese. I think those go well together. Yeah, and then you basically got two desserts. So yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm ready to loosen the belt, or maybe watch the belt explode and and hurt a small child when it then goes flying off. You're doing you're doing very well here. Notice, no, are yams are yams considered a vegetable? Who cares? Good. Uh, it's a potato, isn't it? And I, 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 no, I Richard, guess is is yams producer Richard. Do you know this? Is are, are yams a are yams a vegetable? I'm gonna break uh, Google and ask this. I need help. Richard says yes. They're, they're as you can see, 
as you can see, you can, this tells you everything you need to know about me and Verderam. We yeah. don't know what vegetables or what are vegetables. We don't care. Uh, <laughs> we know about pie. You asked me about pie. Uh, Richard says it's a root vegetable. It is. I looked yeah. it up. Richard is correct. Yes. Okay. So, so good. I'm, so now when my wife's screaming at me because I just had a third helping. Hey, right. hey, hey, it's a vegetable. Go have, go have more wine. So we don't make these at Thanksgiving. Okay. But I'm going to draft it because it's one of my all-time favorite things that my mother makes. And if this is what I get to, what I'm going to eat on Thanksgiving, if I, if I had my druthers, much like you with the, with, with the mac and cheese, right? Like mm-hmm. I, you didn't have it. I'm going to go with my mom's baked beans. Oh, beautiful. Love baked beans. She makes a like ketchup based sort of baked bean thing. And she puts strips of bacon on top. Oh my God. And brown sugar. Absolutely yeah. incredible. Yeah. It's um, all about brown sugar. Yeah. Yeah. So I got to go. I'm going to go with baked beans. All right. That's good. That, you're Mr. Irrelevant. All right, but far from because my nana, when we used to go to my parents, uh, my dad's parents for Thanksgiving, she made a an incredible coleslaw, and uh, I'm tossing coleslaw on there. I know it's a little bit off the board. I thought about going rolls, and it's too boring. I, she made great coleslaw. Not she made the kind of coleslaw. It's not like like you're eating it out of a lake. Like some people put so much damn dressing in there that you got to like fish for the coleslaw and then you're physically ill because you've basically drank like a quarter gallon of ranch dressing or whatever the hell vinegar. Like it was, it was just enough, but I'll go with the coleslaw. Very interesting choice with coleslaw. Um, Look, man, you said it. Maybe it's boring, but I got to go rolls with butter. I need, I I need rolls. I I know. Yeah, you're right. We didn't do mashed potatoes. I love mashed um, potatoes, but I had I yams. Do too. I do no. too. And yeah, no mashed potatoes and gravy. I, I just got to go rolls with butter because I absolutely love them. I can house a whole basket of those rolls by myself yeah. at Thanksgiving. I love dipping in the gravy, which I won't be able to do because I don't have it. I probably should have, if I had swapped out the baked beans for the mashed potato, but I don't regret my decision. Um, sure. Yeah. So there it is. There you have it. So Verderam, apple pie, ham, candy yams, mac and cheese, coleslaw, Allen goes turkey stuffing, pumpkin pie, baked beans, rolls. Um, much more traditional. I've, I've loaded up on things that might actually give you arrhythmia during the afternoon. <laughs> right. Let us know in the comments of, uh, of this YouTube video who's you like better. Maybe we can get a poll going. I don't know who has the best Thanksgiving draft. Okay. Let's get back to football and, and close this thing out here. Chiefs at home taking on an abysmal Rams team. Verderam, I'll let you go first. What is your final score prediction? Do the Rams do the Rams get desperate and make a game of this thing? I think it's thirty-four to seventeen, Chiefs. I think one of the touchdowns for the Rams is in like garbage time. I just, I know the Chiefs have a tendency to leave teams around sometimes. I just, man, I don't see it in this game. I don't. They're they're terrible. And I know you even say, well, what about the Titans? Like they had a backup quarterback. Yeah, but they have Derrick Henry. Like they have a great coach who defensively, like, gets that team right every week. The Rams are just garbage, man. I mean, outside of Donald and Ramsey, that team is brutal. There's not one guy in that offense who scares you with Cup being out. And, I mean, it's just – I think the Chiefs, even if they get off to a slow start, I think there's going to be a stretch in this game where they rip off, like, a 21-0 run over the course of, like, three or four drives and the game's just over. Yeah, I think this is going to be the game where Patrick Mahomes closes the door – on the MVP conversation. You can argue he's, he's already done that, but this is, this is a game where he's got the chance to run up the score and throw like five touchdowns. And 
Um, I think they're going to do it. I think this is going to be a runaway for the Chiefs. I've got this one. Chiefs 42, Rams 13. So take the over. And I just think I think that we'll probably see a defensive score, especially if they've got a, like a backup, backup right, quarterback in there. Right. You know, yeah. uh, with the way that they're rushing the passer right now. And that's the thing. Chiefs are rushing the passer really well right now. They're getting like, you know, five sacks, three sacks a game. You got a young and experienced quarterback back there against these guys, the way they're playing right now. And Spagnolo and him liking to blitz and sending Sneed and sending these other guys. Good luck. There's going to be a fumble. There's going to be a scoop and score, or a pick six, something along those lines. Chiefs, remember, the Chiefs are still, I think, losing the turnover battle this year. Doesn't matter because they got number 15. I think things get even a little bit in this game. They might get multiple turnovers. Patrick Mahomes throws four touchdowns, something crazy like that. So Chiefs 42 and Rams struggle 13 points on offense. All right, Vera Ram, we got to get out of here. People got to eat. The turkey's People don't eat. Uh, yeah. I mean, we have to eat, even though it's, it's Monday, but I still have to eat something. You know, it's, uh, brutal. it's brutal that we've been talking about Thanksgiving and it's only Mondays. I'm starving now and I want, I want, I want it to be here. By the way, we have to really uh, we have to wrap this way because I want this at the end of the mock draft. What is the most overrated bullshit food on Thanksgiving? Cranberry. Thank yes, yes. It is the only decision. Yeah. The amount of people who get jacked up about cutting open a can and then just slapping that greasy ass cranberry sauce down. Yeah. Like, hey, look, there's the rings on. I'm like, yeah, from the can, <laughs> it's congealed to it. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Why are we excited about this? It's garbage in a can. Yeah, what do you I think about the bougie Thanksgiving dinners where somebody has actual cranberries? Are you okay with that? No, those people are even worse. <laughs> like, I, I'd rather you be the human garbage you want to be, and you're like, look, I bought this for two dollars at Costco, and here it is. Cut along the rings, kids. It's been in there for seven years. I'm more okay with that person than the person who's like, I slaved away over cranberry sauce for the last five hours. Get out. Right, you you had all that time, and you you made cranberry sauce. The hell's yeah. wrong with you? You yeah. could have made something everybody wants to eat. Yeah, here's the thing about you know Thanksgiving is when you're up there and you're trying to load. There's that that real estate on the plate is valuable, right? I'm throwing a ton of mashed potatoes on there, a bunch of stuffing. I got the turkey. I'm already out of room. All right, yep. and I got I got to work the candied yams in there. You know, gravy on that. Somebody's going to make like a green bean casserole or broccoli casserole or something like that. I got to get it on that. There's cheese involved with a lot of those things. I don't have room for cranberry sauce. I mean, it's just get out of here. You know, I think there's so many households in America. They buy a can of ocean spray and they're sitting there. They're sitting there eating and they're halfway through Thanksgiving dinner. And somebody says, oh, we forgot the, the cranberry sauce. And then they say, does anybody want cranberry sauce? And everybody just blankly stares at them. And they're like, oh, okay. And then that that can of cranberry sauce is there next year and the year after and the year after until somebody either donates it or throws it away. Well, you always get the one asshole at the dinner who's like, yeah, I'll take some cranberry sauce. And then and then it's just gotta, get up. that per, that person should should be obligated. You get into a fist fight with the biggest person there. I yeah. I'm with you 100 percent. You know, I just all I want to do is grab a nice big plate of food and sit down and watch. This is the first Thanksgiving since I've been a fan, so I don't have to work. I just want to sit down and watch the games. It's all I want to do. I don't want to be bothered. Also, by the way, apple cider, the goat, bring it on. Like oh, yeah. I just want to sit down some apple cider, big plate of food. The last thing I want to do is be behind somebody who's like, I don't know how much cranberry sauce. Should I go one rings in or two rings in? Like, take the whole fucking thing. It sucks. I don't yeah. care. You yeah. waste your plate. 
I don't. That's fine. So I'm with. Hey, listen, man. Safe travels to Ohio. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. Uh, we will catch back up on Sunday after the Rams and the Chiefs do battle. We'll be on right after the game. Hopefully the Chiefs don't give us something to sweat over and it's 9-2 and two and it's an easy 9-2. And, and then we start looking at the Bengals game, which uh, let's just say there will be a few storylines for that game. Yeah. Uh, Jamar Chase will probably be coming back. And I think Andy Reid's going to be in his bag for that right. game. Um, if he, he, you know, he's, if he's been holding anything back, he's going to be, he's going to be unveiling it for that game. By the way, again, as very mentioned, we'll be in Kansas city, December 11th at Tanner's bar and grill on rainbow, uh, Boulevard. I think it's a Boulevard. Boulevard. Um, yeah, we're going to be hosting a watch party for the chiefs Broncos game on Sunday night football. Go to aerohatic.com slash events. It has all the details. You can RSVP. It'll get you a few extra raffle tickets. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be betting on the games having a blast, giving away a ton of stuff. Casey Beer is going to be there. Tanner's just going to be giving stuff away. It's going to be awesome. We will see you then, um, but we're going to be uh, going going our separate ways here. We're going to eat some turkey, and uh, we'll see you guys on Sunday. We'll probably do a halftime show, and then we'll be there for after the game of Chiefs versus Rams. Thank you so much for your support this week. We appreciate it. As always, go Chiefs. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.